Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Nordby. These are the stories of Ruth Ann Homburg and Tiffany Sessions. Ruth Homburg was 44 years old in November of 1983. She had married her second husband, Gary W. Homburg, in 1976. She met her husband at Milfab, a wood processing company in Stoughton, Wisconsin. They lived on 40 acres of land on Leslie Road in Dane County. At the time, Gary was the president of Milfab. Milfab is a wood processing company that currently has 100 to 250 employees, and they annually have over $500,000 in sales. Stoughton currently has a population of over 12,000. It is located in Dane County near the south-central border of Wisconsin. The per capita income is just over 21,000. Ruth's marriage to Gary was troubled. On November 4th, the couple attended a party at a friend's house. While there, Ruth learned that Gary was having an affair with Ruth's daughter-in-law, Sharon Jacobson Nordes. Ruth told her friends that she was planning on confronting Gary about the affair. That was the last time that Ruth Homburg was ever seen. Ruth's son, Richard, was married to Sharon. He had discovered a love letter that Gary had written to Sharon. That was in, late in the summer of 1983, and he never told his mother. What? He never told his mother. How would you tell your mom that my wife is having an affair with your husband? It would be difficult. It would be very difficult, but how would you interact with them without, I mean, knowing that and well, not? this couple had been married, uh, Sharon and, and, and Richard had been married. I mean, their marriage lasted only three years. Sure. So I'm sure he thought that maybe things could be worked out or... Um, maybe not rock the boat. Well, and if right, that things, that gonna, things are gonna, that, yeah. you know, maybe things would work out. Sure, it would have been a difficult conversation to have with your mother. Yeah, it would have. And um, and the letter that he found was very explicit. It was, it was very clear what was happening. And sure. so, but you know, and he never told his mom, and then his mom, you know, winds up missing. Right. So you would never forgive yourself for that. Yeah. Sharon wanted to marry Gary, so she divorced Richard eventually. This was somewhere in this time. Um, Gary told Sharon, so Gary, Ruth's husband, told Sharon that he couldn't divorce his wife. He didn't elaborate on that, or she didn't elaborate that on, on that one. She was, that was a testimony that she, had, that she eventually gave. The next day, on November 5th, Gary called the police at 5 p.m. to tell them that his wife was missing. He didn't call or check in with her children, parents, or family before calling the police. Ruth had left behind her clothing, medication, and makeup, which was not like her. She was also caring for elderly parents and had children in the area. Her whole world was in Dane County, Wisconsin. At 6.30 p.m. on the same day, Gary had called his mistress, Sharon Nordes and asked her to meet him at the Dane County Regional Airport, 
where he parked Ruth's car in the long-term parking lot. Gary told Sharon that Ruth had discovered that he had embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars and she had threatened to tell the owners. Gary told Sharon that he had killed Ruth and he needed to dispose of the body. On Monday, Gary canceled the cleaning lady, saying that Ruth was out of town and he didn't know when she would return. When the cleaning lady came back a week later, she noticed that Ruth's jewelry and only her jewelry was missing. Gary stated that she had taken several pieces with her when in fact he had actually sold or reset the jewelry. In 1986, it was discovered that Gary had embezzled $645,000 from Milfab. A grand jury was also investigating the disappearance of Ruth Homburg, and Gary was the only suspect. Sharon Nordes was asked to testify, and she stated that she knew nothing of Ruth's disappearance. However, in 1988, she admitted to investigators that she had lied under oath. She agreed to testify against Gary in exchange for immunity. Because of Sharon Nordes' testimony, Gary Homburg was convicted of the first-degree murder of Ruth Ann Homburg in 1989. He was sentenced to life in prison and to seven years for the embezzlement. The judge offered to reduce his sentence if he revealed where Ruth's body was. Gary said that he couldn't do that because he was innocent of her murder. It is speculated that Gary incinerated the body in Milfab's industrial furnace that generates heat up to 2,500 degrees. As far as I can see, Gary Homburg is still alive and is still incarcerated. Ruth Ann Homburg would be 81 years old today. She is a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes. She stands 5 foot 4 and weighs 117 pounds. If you have any information about the disappearance of Ruth Ann Homburg, contact the Dane County Sheriff's Office at 608-266-4948. You have to wonder if there was other stuff going on in their marriage um, other than him having an affair. Because it... <sighs> well, it, 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 it was mentioned that... Um, Ruth may have known about the embezzlement okay. separate right, right. from this, that being the reason that he couldn't divorce her. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that she had some goods on him. Right. I don't know what her job was specifically in the, in the company, but... Yeah. Um, it just seems very extreme to, you know, have a mistress, and then I can't divorce her, so... I'm going to kill her. You know, like, was there other stuff well, going I mean, on? I think, I think that when you, this, I think that this is, is a common, a too common of a solution right. for a person that's going through divorce. And, and I don't know what the laws were in Wisconsin at the time or, you know, but in Minnesota right now, if you, a married couple gets divorced, their assets are split in half. Yeah. So, um, and in this case, if he had been embezzling money, he might be discovered. His, sure. his theft might be discovered. But also, she would be taking half of stuff that he doesn't necessarily have or that he you know, embezzled to get. And um, really, she could have gotten in trouble also. Maybe. You know, had she known, if, if maybe she not. knew about it. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. It's hard to say because right. that just because you, you can have a suspicion or you can sure. have a... Right. That doesn't mean you... 
know. Yeah. Um, um, but I think that it feels like, well, when there's a, a murder, uh, when there's a, when a, one half of a couple goes missing, they always look to the spouse. Yeah. As a prime suspect. Mm-hmm. And that's because oftentimes it is. Yeah. So Ruth was 44 years old. Was that kind of the same age as, was Gary around 44 years old? It sounds okay. like it, yeah. He was an, he was an immigrant of, um, from Germany. Okay. Uh, he had come to the country, and he was, had been very poor. Um, and he had worked his way up into, you know, into this sure. position as president of the company. And I think it's important that, that Stoughton, that town of Stoughton itself is not a large large mm-hmm. community, and, um, you know, their per capita income, that was currently. Sure. So it was 21000 or something like that. So um, he probably had a pretty good salary. Yeah. And and then he had taken $645,000, right. which in the, mid, in the early 80s would have been a whole lot of money. Yeah, it would have. So it, it's a sign of somebody who was living beyond their means and um, got in way too deep. Got in deep, also had um, been successful. Mm-hmm. He had had that money and um, he was having this affair. She wanted to marry him. Um, and, and, then, and then his wife goes missing. It feels like too often this is the solution that's found mm-hmm. so that assets don't have to be split in half. Or custody. Or, or custody, or right. These, it sounds like her children were all adult right. at the time, but maybe young. Um, and um, the, uh, and now, you know, if it's, and there's no body. There's no right. body. There's no body to bury. And it was very convenient. In 1989, 20-year-old Tiffany Sessions was a junior at the University of Florida in Gainesville. She was majoring in finance. She lived with a roommate at the Casablanca East Condos. Gainesville is the county seat of and the largest city in Alachua County, Florida, with a population of 124,000 in 2010. On February 9th, 1989, Tiffany told her roommate she was going for a power walk along Williston Road, This was something she did almost daily since Christmas. She left her apartment around 5 p.m. She left her wallet, identification, and her keys at home. When Tiffany hadn't returned after several hours, her roommate drove Tiffany's usual route, hoping she would see her. When she couldn't find her, she called Tiffany's mother. Tiffany and her mother were very close. They spoke on the phone daily. Her mom contacted the authorities. Since Tiffany was an adult and... She hadn't been gone very long. There was also no crime scene or signs of a struggle. Authorities weren't sure a crime had even occurred. Witnesses said they saw a woman matching Tiffany's description speaking to several unidentified individuals in a vehicle shortly after she would have left her apartment. Authorities were unable to confirm if it was in fact Tiffany and the individuals have never been identified. Tiffany's father organized one of the largest missing persons search parties in Florida's history. 
more than 700 volunteers showed up, including the University of Florida students, naval recruits from the Naval Training Center in Orlando, Marine reservists, and even members of the Miami Dolphins football team. The media attention caused her case to go national. A reward was set up by the fall of 1989 for $250,000 for her safe return and an additional $100,000 for information leading to Tiffany's kidnapper. A year and a half after she went missing, the headlines were taken over by serial killer Danny Rowling. He was dubbed the Gainesville Ripper. Tiffany's case then went cold. A man named Michael Knickerbocker was considered a suspect in Tiffany's case for many years. In 1990, he was, con he was sentenced to five life terms in prison for the 1989 rape of a 20-year-old Gainesville college student. He had a record of prior sex offenses and other crimes. In 2005, he pleaded no contest to first-degree murder in the 1989 shooting death of a 12-year-old Stark, Florida girl. He told inmates that he chained Tiffany to a tree in 2005, this is what he told inmates, um, that he had chained Tiffany to a tree near Gainesville the night of her disappearance. He claimed he murdered her and disposed of her body, Caloosahatchee River, near Fort Myers, Florida. Investigators searched the area, but no evidence was found. Authorities stated that evidence may have been lost in the current as a result of the time that had passed. He could have also been just bragging on something. Right. It, he, it was his mode, and it was his, the age range that somebody that he would be... Um, it was kind of his M.O. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Knickerbocker also mentioned that Tiffany's sweatshirt was buried outside of Gainesville. Investigators searched the location in August 2002 and recovered a piece of blood-soaked material. DNA results have still not been released to the public but several media outlets said that the material did not appear to be from a sweatshirt. And I would assume that because it's never been revealed that it's not Tiffany. Well, I, I would... Um, there may be reasons. It, it could could have been, it and could. there may have been reasons that they would have kept that right. from the public. Right. If that's the only... That's the only indication they have that she's missing. Right. And... Um, and I think it is a, it's a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a concern about what do you reveal and what do you keep right. so that you can prosecute the, the, um, person responsible right. that you don't, it, it's, it's a difficult, I think mm -hmm. it's a difficult dance to know how much to give out and how much to hold back right. because something about that could be. Because, for example, something, the DNA on there could have been Tiffany's and maybe somebody else's. Right, right. Knickerbocker lived near the victim he killed and near the scene of his prior rape, but he wasn't living in Gainesville when Tiffany disappeared. Knickerbocker is still in prison and will be 74 when he's eligible for parole. In February 2014, nearly 25 years after Tiffany disappeared, a suspect was named in her kidnapping and presumed murder. His name was Paul Rolls. He was sentenced to life in prison in 1976 for, the murder in, for a murder in Miami-Dade County, but was released in 1985. He moved to Gainesville in 1988. He was sentenced to life in prison in 1976 <sighs> and was released ten, nine years later? I know, I know. I, when I, the, why doesn't life in prison mean life in prison? Well... It doesn't. And I couldn't find why... I, I, it bought that boggles my mind. 
But it doesn't mean life in prison. It life in prison does not mean life in prison. Well, it had to have been life in prison with the possibility of parole. And, rather than life in prison without that. No, I I think sometimes it doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't mean your lifetime. Right. Twenty years. You know, or or less. But right. this is ten years. Ugh. Right. In 1994, he was sentenced on 19 counts, including sexual battery, attempted sexual battery, kidnapping, and, and lewd and lascivious molestation. The victim in that case, a 19-year-old Clearwater, Florida woman, managed to escape. He was sentenced to 19 counts. Yeah. 19. Yeah. 10 years after, he, nine again, nine years after he was, he was released from jail. Right. And this is after Tiffany has already been missing for... Eight years. Rolls was known to have delivered scaffolding to a construction project along Tiffany's jogging path. He also didn't show up for work on the day that Tiffany disappeared. Investigators believe that Paul Rolls was, was a serial killer and that Tiffany was his second victim. They searched for her body near the site where he buried his other victim. Um, Rolls also kept an address book with information of the people he had murdered, which was discovered by investigators in January 2013, following interviews with him. The book listed Linda Frieda, one of his victims, as the first woman he killed. The book contains a notation of, quote, number two, the date 2989, and number two, unquote, which is believed to refer to the date that Tiffany disappeared and to identify her as his second victim. Paul Rolls died in prison in 2013 at the age of 64, a month after the interviews with investigators. Shortly after his death, his DNA linked him to the unsolved murder of a 21-year-old woman whose body was found in a shallow grave only about a mile from where Tiffany disappeared. Tiffany's case remains unsolved. There have been no arrests in connection to her disappearance. Tiffany Sessions was 20 years old in 1989. She would be 52 now. She is described as Caucasian, 5'3", and 125 pounds. She has blonde hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing red sweatpants, a long-sleeved white pullover sweatshirt with gray horizontal stripes, and the word Aspen stitched in green lettering on the lower front collar, blue or white low-cut Reebok sneakers, and a two-toned ladies' silver and gold Rolex watch with a blue-tinted face. The Rolex serial number is R-6009006. She was carrying a black Sony Walkman radio. Her lower front tooth is chipped. She has a crescent-shaped scar on her left knuckle. Her family nickname is Tiff. The Rolex company has flagged Tiffany's watch, so they will be notified if anyone tries to sell or pawn it. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Tiffany Sessions, please call the Alachua County Sheriff's Office at 352-367-4161. So this is naive. I didn't know that a Rolex, a Rolex watch had a serial number on it. Um, I wasn't aware of that. I know. I wasn't either. Obviously, you don't have many Rolex watches. Well, you know. Um, but that's... that's the, They won't be able to sell it. That's well. <clears throat> and where would that watch be? You know, 
The person who probably killed her is now gone. However, it would have been noticeable. It would have stood out. Right. Um, but that wasn't probably the purpose of, of why she was assaulted. So, no. um, it could still be with her. It could be. It could be. And the, for this one, uh, there was, there was a, a river nearby. Was mm -hmm. that? So, um, but while it was searched, it would be, they didn't find anything. However, the current could have taken the body down river or... Well, and they didn't search it until 2005. Yeah. So a lot can happen between them. Yeah. Um, and the ocean is nearby. I mean, I'm not sure where this exactly is, but it's close to the ocean, so right. it's maybe never to be found again. I really don't want to reward murderers for revealing where the bodies are. However, can you imagine how frustrated and angry and sad her family is not to have that resolution? I can't even imagine. I mean... Well, and, you know, when we... At that same, on that same kind of topic, when you think of Jacob Wetterling, you know, his kidnapper and murder wasn't found. <clears throat> he was not charged um, with something because he revealed where the body was. And that is what the family wanted. You know, it had already been 30 years. He was, they knew he was dead. They knew he was dead. Just tell us where he is so we can bring him home. Yeah. And so, but he was rewarded in a way. He was already being tried and charged with other things, so he wasn't just going scot-free. But However, however, because of that, I mean, because of just sometimes how things work out, can you imagine the outrage you would feel if he was set free after oh. knowing yeah. after knowing that he um, assaulted and killed this this boy um, Jacob Wetterling and then he would be somehow be able to be free again because a deal was made right I mean I, I wish there was some I wish there was a way in which you could uh, you know, in in either of these cases, that it just to uh, return the body to the family. I mean, it's so little. Right. It's so little, but it's so much. I mean, to have to have the the uh, to be able to have a funeral, to be able to have a, a, a headstone, a place to go to grieve. Um, to have some closure. Yeah. Otherwise, this, this wound remains open and unending. It, um, I wish there was a way mm -hmm. to... I wish there was something that you could give, do, allow. Uh, 
to make it a, to encourage um, a murderer to reveal. We ask that you do not reach out to families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found at our website at gone-podcast.com. So for my weekly distraction this week, Katie, I've come up with something great. Okay. The weirdest things that you can watch on live stream. Oh. That is PG rated. Uh, sure. I mean, I mean, Obviously, I'm sure yeah. I didn't even look. I mean, oh my God, can you? I better. I wonder what kind of things you're gonna. You don't want to wonder. I don't. Pop think. up on my. So these might are all. Take you deep, dark into the weird web. These yeah. are all uh, all G rated, so that's just fine. They're weird. Still weird though. So you can watch the centennial bulb. You can watch the longest burning light bulb in the world. Well, wouldn't you want to be the one to watch it go out? You never know. No. It'd be much more interesting to watch the International Space Station. It, that would be very interesting. It would be yeah. interesting. Uh, you could watch Big Rig Travels and see the road of a real-life truck driver Mm. While also seeing how fast the truck is going, and you can see the uh, the mechanisms, the or whatever. odometer and speedometer and the gauges. Wow. I'd rather drive the tr- I'd rather drive the truck. Yeah. Than watch it, but right. you could go to the Crowellite Resort Beach, an absolutely empty and serene beach, and just watch the water flow in. And the water flow out. I would probably watch that. I think I would too. Mm-hmm. Is there a sound? Uh, there, there sure should okay. be. There sure should be. Yeah. You could go to iPet Companion, to, which will allow you to watch cats at various cat shelters mm. around the country. I mean, why not? And also, that means you don't have to have a cat. Right. Because less fur. You could go to Earth Cam and check out live cams from all over the world, which would be kind of fun. Yeah. Old Faithful Cam will allow you to watch Yellowstone's famous geyser erupt. The Abbey Road Cam uh, will let you watch the road made famous by the Beatles. Just the cross walk. Sure. And people doing... Doing the impressions. Right, right. Sure. This is creepy to me. Uh, you go to Real Life Cam, which is... You can watch the private life of another person round the clock. They are aware of it. They are aware that they're on camera, but you could just watch. Them. Just voyeurs are us. Ew. I know it's super creepy. I don't know what's more creepy is wanting people to watch you. I mean, they must get paid for it. I don't know. It, well, well, you'd think. But then to or to have be the person that watches both because it it just seems like that is asking for a whole. That's icky. It's really icky. Yeah. It's icky on both ends. Yeah, it is. Uh, you could go to Africam. Uh, where you watch watering holes in Africa. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Aquariums of the Pacific and the Vancouver and the Vancouver Aquarium uh, let you watch for free. Mm. You can watch their critters. Or you can go to Critter Yard, a live cam with the interaction feature that lets you feed chickens every 20 minutes. Hmm. That's a very good response. 
<laughs> you could go to watch, watching grass grow, Cam. Well. And you just literally watch the grass grow. I mean, I feel like I don't need to go anywhere to do that. I can just go outside. I mean, I don't need to go onto the internet to watch that happen. You know what I mean? Well, it's November in northern well, Minnesota. I mean, your grass, I is not, your I, grass is not growing. I know, but I mowed it down all, all summer. I'm done with it. You're done with watching yeah. grass grow. <laughs> Gas grow. <laughs> you, could, you could watch the fog cam. It is the world's oldest live cam. It's been up since 1994 in San Francisco. Hmm. Just watch the fog, the fog roll in. in the fog That'd be cool. Roll. I mean, especially if you were from San Francisco and you lived away, it would make you very... Right. Be, you could go to Viva Las Vegas Wedding Chapel and watch drunk couples make... Sorry, this is a quote. Watch, quote, drunk couples make huge mistakes, unquote. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that might be entertaining. <laughs> It could be entertaining. You, all day, all, 24 hours a day. Oh, my gosh. This does not sound as entertaining. You can watch the 72-ounce steak challenge cam at the Big Texan Steak Ranch in Armadillo, Texas. You can watch somebody eat a 72-ounce steak. Ew. I don't want to watch that. I, I don't want to do it. Nope. No. That yeah. would not be... I. That would not be good. It would not, you would not taste good going down or coming up. It would not, it's just would ruin the steak. Yeah, that's really gross. You could go to Loch Ness, you could go to the Loch Ness Monster uh, camp mm. and just watch the Loch Ness. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. You might see something. You could. You never you, know. You never know. You could watch Pittsburgh's Nesting Bald Eagles. Hmm. I mean, I think you can do that in Voyage. I think you can. Voyage or mm -hmm. National Park, yeah. which is located in our The region. Eagle Cam or whatever. Yeah. Nesting. That's and very it's interesting. very interesting. You could go to, this is not so interesting, watch Stray Cats Eating in South Korea. Hmm. Well, they might be cute. Yeah, and this isn't so cute. <laughs> At the University of South Carolina, you can watch their Roach Cam. Like they have their own roaches or these are just oh yeah no i think no these are up. these are roaches and they i think they might have guest roaches like the hissing roaches and the, i think that no it's just roaches Ew. just regular ordinary roaches and then fancy roaches <laughs> oh <laughs> well. i just want to say no thank you no thank you not ever though today on on my i have something that Every day, some good news that comes across my desk. And today, they had a polar bear. You could watch a live polar Aww. bear, a live camera of a polar bear. And this big, chubby polar bear was sleeping. It, it ears are moving, listening, eyes kind of so just... fluffy. They're so fluffy. They could eat your... Yeah. <laughs> eat you in a bite. That's why you just watch them from afar. Right, right. Yeah. They look adorable. I wish there was little baby ones. But this looked Aww. like a big male, and he, and he was just... He, he had no cares in the world. Because who's bigger than a polar bear? Right. Who's going to eat you? Nobody. No one. So my distraction are weird and funny facts. Random. I'll be the judge of that. Random. Random things. You said weird and funny. Yeah. They're just totally random. There's no okay. rhyme or reason to why okay. these are on here. Okay. Captain Crunch's full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. What? I don't know. 
I guess. I mean, who's going to question it? There's no one to ask. You just made it up. I, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Maybe. maybe I did. Prove me wrong. Right. The Eiffel Tower can grow more than six inches in the summer because the heat makes the iron expand. I did not know that. I didn't either. Did you know, I maybe you probably did, maybe everybody knows this now, but that the Eiffel Tower um, twinkles at night. Because of lights or because of the sun? They have, they, have, they have twinkly lights on the Eiffel Tower at night. It twinkles. Oh, I just need to see it. Just one time. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I bet. But I didn't see it grow. Well, maybe you were there. You weren't there in the summer. No. Yeah. No. Bees can fly higher than Mount Everest. They can fly higher than 29,525 feet above sea level. Why? I suppose they gotta... There's nothing up there. Well, but you gotta find a queen bee. I suppose. Wild boars wash their food before eating. With the blood of their victims. <laughs> what? With what? I don't know. They just find a little stream and they just wash their food because they're polite. Well, they have hooves. It's not like they have. It's not like they're little baby otters with little hands. They have hooves. What are they? I don't think that's true. I, I'm not saying it is. <laughs> We need somebody to fact check the things that we're saying right. to make sure that they're true or not true. But, you know, it's not, that's really not for us. We didn't say that we were going to be providing truthful, truthful. distractions. Right. No, no, right. we didn't say that. Our stories are very true distractions. Eh, maybe none. <laughs> ish. <laughs> right. True ish. South African river turtles talk in their eggs at an extremely low frequency. The sounds are clicks, clucks, and hoots. I do not believe that a turtle can hoot. <laughs> Click, clack, moo. <laughs> that I could believe, but not a two, not a hoot. I don't know. Hoot. I don't know. Hoot, an owl. Hoot. That's, again, Katie. <laughs> questioning the accuracy of the information you you're should. sharing with us. You should. Bananas glow blue under black light. Wimbledon tennis balls are kept at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Too hot, they bounce higher, and too cold, they bounce lower. Can I just say that as soon as they're out in the temperature of the space, don't they acclimate well, to the temperature of the space? You would think. You would think. You would Which think. I would think it's warmer. I, if you're playing tennis, warmer than 68 right, degrees. right. Again, who knows? Yeah. Irish bars used to be closed on St. Patrick's Day up until 1961. When it became the day in which they sold the most green beer ever. Right. They probably don't drink green beer. And no. No. Because green beer is stupid. It's weird. And it tastes green. Yeah. It tastes like food coloring. Yeah. And then it's just not good. No. Not good. This is my last one. Okay. Adult cats are lactose intolerant. How would you know that? They tell you. <laughs> Mo! My tummy's a little upset after that milk. Could you just pull I, I off mean, next I, just, I, I, have a, I have a senior cat. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Albert. And um, uh, I don't feed him milk. I mean, per se. Right. Um, though he's the horkiest thing I've ever seen. And I, it doesn't have anything to do with milk. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how you'd know. 
Well, and I think that they can probably drink it, but, you know, feeding it only milk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. What do you have if you're lactose intolerant? I talked to your cat about it. Do you, do you get gas or do you get... I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. My... My... my uh, he's intolerant. He's intolerable. <laughs> but I think that's most cats. It's, I think they're it's most either, cats. either it's It's either feast or famine with a cat. Right. They're either loving or hateful. Right. <laughs> Sorry. They are either either sweet and cute or demons. Yes. Well, maybe don't feed them milk because we don't know what will happen. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I just, I just don't know who is, again, I don't, I really, I really question, I really question your, your fact finding here because I'm not sure how you know that they're intolerant, that they're that they're lactose intolerant. They could just be lactose avoidant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they prefer chocolate milk. Oh, well, over maybe soy milk. I don't maybe know. Maybe almond milk. I mean, I don't know. These are questions that I don't have the answers to, but... Well, I don't think that you should bring it up, Katie, unless you have the answers <laughs> to the questions that you're giving. I mean, again, well, I think that maybe we should start. we should start sharing... Um, the uh, locations where we found the sources. Her. Yes, oh yes, the sure. sources, and that we found the the f f supposed facts that we're sharing. Sure, we should. That'll make it really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that be super enjoyable. Yes, yes, reading <laughs> reading a web uh, uh, a link to um, on air is right. always fun. Adult cats are lactose intolerant. APA. Um, format um, <laughs> www dot C -A -T author name <laughs> okay maybe that wasn't the truth okay, okay. I'm just saying that that uh, we don't want to be providing misinformation right and I'm and not I'm suggesting that maybe yeah. you have I mean I don't know I'm I very well could be but that also means that somebody provided me misinformation so I am just the misinformation messenger you're just the conduit Right. Right. I wonder if I should change your title then. <laughs> what? Blogger, <laughs> podcaster, and, and conduit. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Sorry, that's a sad joke. <laughs> oh my gosh.